the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on growth. The main reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Amen. Last week we looked at our development. Of course, we looked at those few things, didn't we? Understanding, uh, relationship with him, which is obviously the main thing. After that comes our commitment to him, our involvement with him and with others. Um, Then our uh, witness for him and our fellowship with others. Remember we talked about, um, so often we, it's about, no, it isn't about me, it's about others. And today we're just going to be really practical, an overview of, of, he said it there of the of our whole man. The Bible says, "Be completely sanctified in the whole body, soul, spirit." Of course, um, Paul very clear. Remember the order that he gives, as in order of importance: spirit, soul, body. Remember, nothing's out of place in the Word of God when we see God's Word and when we see the order is given. So, I want to be really practical. We look at our body first. Um, remember, we are stewards, stewards of everything God's given us. And, um, and we're going to look at that and maybe get a bit uh, uh, straight with ourselves and be disciplined. You see, at the end of the day, the Bible says of us as people of God, we are disciplined. Um, so, of course, we are body. We are body. Body. Well, of course, what's our bone, bones, flesh and blood? Bones. How many bones? 206. Well, of course, if you're, if you're a baby, you've got 300. And uh, they get less as they fuse together. Soul, well, that's our reason, our emotions, and our will, our volition. And, of course, our spirit, which is our conscience, our intuition, our devotion. And that's where the, the, the Lord dwells. He comes into our spirit. And he, our spirit is dead to God before we, are, we become it's cut off. So that's why we live a soulish life. We, gov- we are governed by our thinking, our emotion, and our will. That's why the Bible, the Lord comes into our spirit. And then that's where we know the Lord. Our conscience is enlightened again. Um, so let's look at um, the, the just, just get our basis right. Because you say, dear, well, I, don't know you, I don't know how true this is. Well, thankfully, God's word instructs us. Let's look at Jesus, first of all. Luke 2, 51, 52. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. Jesus grew. Grew. There's, there's maturity there. Remember, Jesus did not come. Remember, he didn't live through his, his, his divinity, did he? He lived through his humanity, so he could identify. So he, he, he was a child. He was a teenager. I don't think he was a stroppy teen. I don't think it was so... Well, teenagers only just come in the last 60 years, didn't it? Before that, was no such thing as teenagers. Uh, when I would... We went... I mean, I remember Andy Lean. She was in work by 13, wouldn't it? There's no such thing as teens. You were a child and then you were an adult. You have to work. Um, so that's a new kind of thing. But he grew in wisdom, in stature, age, and in favour, in grace graciousness in his life he advanced he drove there's a there's a cutting forward and see there's an advancement in our lives there should be and we look at that uh, the bible is very clear and everything we do we do because we're his mm-hmm. now that's a real level isn't it let's re- realize why uh, 1 corinthians 6 18 to 20 
free from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Very clear, isn't it? The, the, you know, and of course, again, Greek thinking has come in. Sometimes the church, oh, the body, don't worry about the body. No, 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 the Bible's very clear. You look after it. Now, it is dying, it is decaying. That's just the law of entropy. But you still look after what you've got. Um, and you'd be, why? Because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as we were listening the other day, uh, I can't remember his name now, before Christmas, he, he was on about being overweight. Well, that's not good stewardship, is it? Which, we're, Swindle. Swindle, swindle, that's right. So that's it. So we, we're just going to look at that and just be honest because we are templates. We, we, everything we do is to glorify him. Let's read the word of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, 33. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble with the Jew, Greek, or the, or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. So our life, our whole life is to glorify him, isn't it? That's a wonderful thing. So, uh, so people are looking at us, people are watching us, and we've got to glorify him in everything we do. So we, we, we do look at what we eat. We do look at what we intake. We do look at our exercise. Now exercise, and we'll read in a moment at the end, 1 Timothy, is, it has power, effect. See, the, the world is only just caught up with this now that our body, soul, and spirit, we don't talk much about spirit, are interconnected. And if you're well physically, it has a, a knock-on effect in our mind and, and, and vice versa. Well, the Bible already told us that. The Bible already told us to look after your body. Um, uh, powerful. Listen to um, what Paul said. Now, listen to this. When we say, oh, I'm not sure about this, did listen to what he said, 1 Corinthians 9. Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, Paul is saying, I beat my body. Now that's quite, you know, uh, quite vigorous, isn't it? Because he knew that the flesh is powerful um, all, all around in it, not just our, our, our hunger appetites, but other appetites can be very powerful. He said, you've got to watch it because it, it, will, it will break you. And of course, we just read 1 Corinthians 6 about uh, uh, immor immorality. And he's very clear there that, and again, God knows, isn't he, about sexual immorality. It's a sin against your body. So there's no, no can, you know, the, the rise in STIs or STDs, whatever you want to call them, massive rise in those. Why? Because we, again, if we ignore God's word, we so it's looking after every part of our lives. And Paul says, "No, I'm." And the word means to blacken someone's eye. To actually, uh, it did so much that you're black and blue. Paul said, "That's what I'm." And of course, he's using um, athletic terms there because he just said, "I, I run and I uh, not without aim. I, I, I box and not shadow boxing is with a purpose." Purpose is, he said it there, very powerful word, that I do not become a castaway. Because left to ourselves, our devices, our natural 
physical desires and, and appetites will take us and, and blow us up really. What we eat, be careful what we eat. Uh, sometimes we eat too much rubbish, don't we? Uh, I keep telling our dad, a bit late for him, I suppose, but um, fruit, veg, very important. Now, again, this is very practical, isn't it? Red meat, well, be careful, you know, if you're eating it every day, it's not really good to eat red meat every day, is it? Eat some fish, eat some white meat. Actually, have a day we don't eat any meat at all. Plenty of water, plenty of sleep, get some exercise. Um, you know, plan it. Of course, we, our great intent, we all got good intentions, don't we? Some of you mature folk, well, you can just yeah, lift your legs up on, on it when you're sitting down, just do a little bit of this. Like, as they do, what, do they, what do they call armchair uh, aerobics, isn't it? Uh, but you know what? It's keeping our, our, our bodies alive and keeping your heart pumping and very practical. And uh, when we talk about fruit and veg, I, I remember printing this out. I love this because um, <coughs> one of the best fruits you can get for more vitamin A and more vitamin C than any other fruit is the one that is free, the blackberry. Mm. All right? The blackberry. So that's good news, isn't it? You don't have to buy blackberries. Get out and pick them. We're too late now. We're going to wait till August. And um, so that's one of the best. Um, but so very important just, just to be, um, use a bit of common, common sense. But you know what? Isn't it amazing how the world catches up with the word? Mm. Now, I just saw an advert the other day about the, the power and the benefits of fasting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Well, of course, God knew before, long before us. So, let's read those verses to get our thing in Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad conscience out conscience. For well, they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. I surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees it in the secret place will reward you openly. So, fast regularly. Get a day a week and say, Lord, I'm going to fast that day a week. Purpose to do it. Fix your eyes. Oh, David. Yeah, of course it's difficult sometimes. But you know what? It's beneficial. Physically beneficial. Give your body a rest. Emotionally. But why? Because he says, now I'm, I'm taking control of his body. I'm not being governed by my appetites. I'm governing my body. Very important, you see, because uh, with, especially with the world now, which squeezes and says, do as you want, do as you want. If you can't control your body, you'll easily be led astray. Goodness knows what. Get all of your body. And spiritually, well, Jesus said there, what did he say? Your father who sees will reward you, reward you. So, all those things. Well, and other, other things we could talk about. Um, smoking, well, what do they say? Smoking, only smoke when you're on fire, isn't it? Um, well, of course, again, again, you won't find do not smoke in the Bible, will you? Because it wasn't necessarily thing as smoking. It was, a, it was a Walter Raleigh, I think, brought tobacco. And, and even, even up until about 60 years ago, it, they didn't think there was anything wrong with it. In fact, I think it was um, Spurgeon. It could be a nurse, they yes. used to say. <laughs> well, I, it was Spurgeon. I think the doctor said to Spurgeon, yeah, I, I, <coughs> what do you say, smoke a pipe or have a cigar or something? So, but again, the more we know, the more we understand then that the Bible, we are terminal, it will damage it. What about this? Um, again, uh, this is an article from Professor, Professor Nutt. Well, <laughs> uh, Nutt, Nutt, hey, don't forget, eat your nuts as well. Eat your nuts, very good for you. Seeds, yeah, all good for you. But this is what he said. He, he's just, uh, obviously his research, he's a doctor, his research in alcohol. 
Uh, this is what he says. This is only two years ago in Daily Mail. Alcohol is by some margin the most damaging drug of all. It damages the individual and the society. And then they give a figure, which was, uh, I couldn't believe it. It cost uh, UK per year in everything, NHS, goodness knows what, police, and 55 billion pounds. Unbelievable. This is what he says. This is a quote. Alcohol is a poison. Because over the last 20 years, he said, scientists have been a lot more about the havoc it wrecks, it wreaks on the body. Because we didn't know many years ago. Sometimes we think it's just the liver. But no, he says, eight different types of cancers, strokes, heart attacks, dementia. And this is what he said for, for you ladies. Uh, just a single drink increases the risk of breast cancer. Unbelievable. It is. This is, what he, this, is, this is what he says. This is what he says. This is a quote. Let me put it this way. If all alcohol had been discovered in the past year or two, it would be illegal. He said, the safe limit, if you applied current food standard criteria, would be one glass of wine a year. Um, and uh, I, I was just listening. Of course, again, when we, when we talk about God's word, we must, must look at God's word um, with culture, with contacts, and comparable. It's interesting that um, the wine in the, in the Bible is not comparable to the wine now, nothing like it at all, but it's interesting, the wine you drink today, or it's for sale, I encourage you not to, but if, if it, the sale is nothing like you drank 30 years ago. It's much stronger. In 30 years ago, it was all in single figures, alcohol percentage. Now, it's in double figures. It's nearly 50% stronger, which is very interesting, and, and of course, very dangerous. So, um, those kind of things, well, we know, help us, Lord, to watch our bodies, to grow physically, to look after our bodies. See, people say, well, I've got a, 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 this is how long I've got in life. Can I say, there are some in heaven today that should have been on earth, maybe now. Number one, if you take the break into the bread, it's very clear, isn't it? If you break bread <laughs> and you haven't done it right, sometimes you're going to go to glory a bit quicker. Um, also, um, it, you know, it's no good saying, well, and you're, you're like 10 stone overweight, you've abused your body. Lord, you've given me this time. And the Lord says, look, I've given you some common sense as well. Look after that which is yours, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we look at that, let's just be, be active because we only got one body, haven't we? Only well, got one set of eyes, come and see me. You're going to get new teeth, or it'll cost your arm and a leg. So, yeah. Although if they're false, it's a bit cheaper. So there's our bodies, now our souls, our minds. And again, it's interesting that the, 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 the world is catching up with the, the Bible. There's something called now, because they're trying to get people to think differently, think better, it's called CBT. Some girls in work, they were talking about it. Um, cognitive behavior therapy. So what they do, they try and get you to think differently. They say, make a list, record, um, those thoughts, what have I got here? Um, the, record the unproductive thoughts, create a replacement thought, read that list, and then continue to replace it with good thoughts. I've heard that before somewhere. I've heard that somewhere before. See, that's, it's always the world's answer to what God is always saying. But you see, uh, that has some effect and some good. You see, see, we have a guaranteed win, don't we? Why? Because we are replacing it, not with good thoughts, but with God's word. And we've, you see, our minds are the, the battlefield is the mind, isn't it? 
And, and some of us, I've talked about the other day, Rich Red finished a book about the ruts we get into, the ruts we get into. And he says, now get out of those ruts, but you need to, to be intentional and you need to build trenches of truth. Get the word of God into it to break those ruts. And some of us are still uh, uh, on, on those things that have been in the past, you know, about uh, the negativity that may be around us, so we're still insecure, we still have victim mentality. Some of us have been spoiled, maybe, not many of us. And uh, then we become, when we, we become thinking everything should be coming our way. We're entitled. Either way, that you see, that thought process governs us. We see it like that. We see how, it, and God says, no, 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 no. Get your mind changed. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but they're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is, is good, pleasing and well. That's fantastic. Reprogram your mind. Isn't it amazing? The, Bi the Bible knew that, didn't it? You could reprogram your mind, but they are saying now that you can actually, you can actually reprogram your mind. You can change the, the, although we thought the brain was fixed after a certain time, and certainly uh, when it comes to the eyes, up until you're about eight or nine or 10, if you've got a lazy eye, there's an opportunity where you patch and you, you, you get the brain to work differently and, and, and to get it working. But now they reckon that, not particularly the eyes, but our thinking, we can create neural pathways. They've even, they've even shown that prayer and praise and worship affects our thinking. It, it, they can see it when they, they, they are mapping the brain. They can see the power that it has. So never, see, when God knows, isn't he, that we can change the way we think. Those ruts, those neural pathways, those, those maybe the way we're thinking before, say, no, 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 God just you can change that. You can change that. And, he's, and he tells us how. Bless the Lord. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. <coughs> Once your obedience is complete. Now, listen to the, the, the terms he's used. Now, it's, we've got to be very, again, very disciplined, very proactive, very vigorous, isn't he? Jesus knew that. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, he said, don't, don't pander to it. Don't, don't counsel it, did he? What did he say? Chop it off. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's ways of thinking we have that causes, uh, you know, depression or worry or fear or negativity or goodness or whatever it is that we need to be really vigorous and say, Lord, this is what you said. Take those verses. Thankfully, you, you don't, don't take long now. If you bring in Google, give me verses about worry. You'll have 10, 12, 20 verses straight away that you need to learn, that you need to replace that lie with truth or whatever it may be, fear, or name it, or that kind of thinking, you can replace it with God's word. That's the power. We, we smash strongholds. Remember we said, give the devil a foothold, it becomes a stronghold. Whatever, whatever that is, thinking, behavior, character, a habit, give him a foothold, and he'll take it and make it a stronghold. And, and sometimes, and of course, the worst thing about it is that when we did the freedom in Christ, 
self-deception and lies are, are so powerful. Why? Because we don't know who we are, do we? <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be deception. And because the deception, we think we're all right until God says, okay, Dave, let's change that way of behavior. Let's, let's actually stop doing that now. And then we realize how entrenched it was. Because we say, oh, it's okay. I'm not like that. Or, you know, I, I, can, I can deal with that. Until we say, right, the Lord says, well, stop it, Dave. Change that now. Change that behavior. So our thinking, bless the Lord. The world would say this, but thank we have a guaranteed way of changing our thinking. Why? Because we have God's word. And what is what God's word? Let's read what it is. Hebrews 4, uh, 12 to 13. Again, some word to remember, really. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden. From God's sight, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's wonderful. The word of God says there, it, it divides, it separates. Why? Because so often our soul and spirit, even though the Lord is in our spirits, we still, our soul life tries to dominate, tries to infiltrate. That's why sometimes we say, well, I feel it's God's will. That's why we need God's word, because what does it say? That it judges between our thoughts and ideas and our cogitations is the word. Our ideas, our, our passions. Sometimes we've got a passion for something and we go, oh Lord, is that what you want? Because, you know, our, our soul is still pretty powerful, isn't it? Those passions, those emotions can run over the top of us sometimes and we get guided by it. That's why God's word says, no, the word of God comes and distinguishes. In fact, it judges and brings great criticism, or the word the English was critical, it, it dis, dis, distinguishes between what is God's way and what's my way. That's why we need God's word. That's why we need to get into hearts. That's why we need to remember it, learn it, meditate on it, because it will protect us from our own, our, our own ideas, which we can easily say is God's. And we've all done it. We've all certainly heard it in church enough. I think this is God's will. <laughs> And then once you've got in your mind, so in your mind is God's will, it's difficult to shift it. It really is. Uh, so that's why we need God's word all the time to distinguish, to divide thoughts and intents of the very heart. Thankfully, Lord has given us that ability and that power to smash and to reprogram our thinking. Uh, when it was one way, no, no, we're going to put him in the way. And we're not going to have, and see what happens we talked and he talked to freedom of Christ when he, he was in, a, in a difficulty, an issue, what he would do, he would comfort it. And of course, ultimately what that is, that's an idol, isn't it? Because anything we go to for comfort uh, that replaces God who is the God of comfort or is an idol. And he said he had to recognize that and, and uh, said, no, no, I'm going to the you, Lord. We go to him. When there's difficulties, pressure, there's stress, and then we run to him. Now we come, of course, we love each other and we help each other, but ultimately, it's to him, isn't it? It's to him. So um, the Bible also tells us to be wary of how we're looking, what we're looking at, what we are listening to. He says, be careful what you're listening to, because that will affect how you think. Um, that's why he says, get into, into his word, but also great to read, you know, stimulate your mind as well. Get into some good books, isn't it? I love biographies and reading about it. I just finished, I said about the other day, Hudson Taylor. Well, I, I, I thrilled when I read it and it encourages me, stretches me um, 
Luke, Luke 21. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffeting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you and unawares. For as a snare shall, shall it come on all of them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, watch yourself. And again, diligence, intentionality, watch your mind, watch how you're thinking. Um, because, as the Bible says, as, as the day approaches, fear will rise, a shaking of the nations, and the wonderful testimony you have is that we are fearless. We are in his hands, we know he's running it, he's sovereign, power in that. So we are changing our thinking, we are getting a hold of our soul. Also, don't be afraid to exercise your mind. Sometimes again, we've... we've re so, do a crossword, do a Sudoku. <coughs> I used to play a lot of Scrabble, but again, I've got to, this is got to be careful because you end up doing too much and you end up wasting your jolly time. So yeah, do those, do those, because it, it, they tell us quicken your brain, keep your brain working, learn an instrument, learn a language. Bless the Lord, uh, not a bad language, a good language. Um, learn a new skill, exercise it. Well, that's just a practical thing. Learn something. Keep your mind working. Why? Because if it ain't working. It's going to be lost. So do that. That's right. But ultimately, uh, we are, we're considering our way of thinking, our, our patterns, our habits. We can break that. And some habits can be so ingrained, such a rut. But the Bible says you've got to hold, get hold of them and smash them. Take down those strong. Sometimes it's not good pussyfooting about with some habits of you. You've got to smash them. Whatever it is, maybe you're going to need to throw something out. You've got to be vigorous sometimes because any sniff or any... Any uh, little bit of it there, do you may can be you can take over. So ultimately, we come to the most important because when we get this right, it'll flow down. Now I know some some Christians who are have great bodies, <coughs> look after their bodies, but that's not the most important, is it? No, no. The Bible is very clear. Um, I, so I know people like that, but don't look after their spirit. But I tell you what, I don't know if anyone who looks really looks after their spirit that doesn't flow down the other way. Because if you're looking after your spirit, automatically your mind will be ready and right and you look after your body because you've got to be saying, look, I need to watch myself. So the first thing, spiritually, thankfully again, God tells us what to do. Um, Acts 2, 42, 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke, broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Daily. Daily. We looked at that beginning of last year. Things that the Bible tells us to do every day. Again, takes a bit of discipline. But again, to protect our spirit, to grow our spirit, for it to flourish. 
What does he say? We'll just read in a moment. Pray every day. Take up your cross every day. Die every day. But that's growth, isn't it? Growth. Continue with one accord. Daily they met, didn't they? Teach one another. Win souls, he says, every day. Bless the Lord. Search the scriptures every day. Exhort one another every day. Bless the Lord. There's a daily thing that God asks us to do. To pray, to praise. The psalmist said, I will praise the Lord every day. <laughs> In fact, what he say seven times, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord every day. What that does, it, it again, enlarges our spirits. But what does it do to our thinking, our mind? It changes the way we think. The negativity, the all the weight of the world comes upon us and we praise the Lord. And what happens? We see how great God is. And the burdens are lifted away. Um, the burdens may not be gone. <laughs> the circumstances may not change, but the burden's gone because it's not his. Paul and Silas, we talked about it the other day, didn't we? Paul and Silas in the prison. And again, we, we have this idea that they were sitting there. And no, no, they were, they were just being beaten black and blue. They were bleeding. They were tired. It was midnight. They were hungry and thirsty, but they praised the Lord because they understood what God was saying. Do as God says. And what happens? Well, not, not much straight away, but then they praised before the Lord turned up. They praised before the miracle. They didn't even know what would happen. Don't know if they were praying for the prison doors to open or whatever, but the Bible says suddenly, bless the Lord, the doors opened and there was a mighty revival. Um, Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue. Be devoted to. There's a devotion to it for our spirit's sake. Why? Because we're in relationship. In and of course, he says, "Don't he pray without ceasing? Be in a constant attitude of prayer." It starts at the beginning of the day. We said the other day, it starts at the beginning of the day where we give our, our time and we get start the day with the Lord. Lord, here I am. Here's my day. We start in His Word with Him, and then because we've invited Him today, we walk through the day with Him. There are some, some days where I find myself in the middle of the day praying for certain things. Some days I'm, I, I, I'm talking to a patient and they, they share something with me. So when I put my hand on them, I'm, I pray for them. And no, I'm loud, of course. So, you know, they, <laughs> they'd be gone. <laughs> um, but you know what? But there are other days I think, you know, what have I done today? Dear me. Seem a million miles away. Uh, but God wants us to be in constant prayer. Why? Because he's Father. He want, he's walking with us. He's with us. So there's devotion to prayer. For, uh, of course, then we come to uh, Paul again. He's our, again one of our mentors. Uh, Philippians 3, 7 to 16. But what things were gained to me, those I can be lost for Christ. Yea, dampness I count all things for the loss of Christ, the excellency for the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, but to count them but done that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death, if by means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended in Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, 
And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Paul is very clear, isn't he? he? Again, he's in prison. Again, he's up against it, but his heart is set on the Lord to know him more. And again, he uses uh, athletics. He uses the games that he, he understood and he's probably seen many times or heard about. And he said, I'm straining towards the goal. And uh, when an athlete is running, but he is consumed with a race. If he's not, he's not going to win, is he? Um, my mum said, don't look around, Dave. Don't look behind you. I know the in front of you. Um, uh, that's the way he was. Uh, don't look around. Keep your eye on the tape. Keep your eye on the goal. You've got to be focused. Unless you're like someone like Bolt, who's like 10 yards in front at, before the end, and he can look around. But generally, you're, you're focused. And he, is he was straining with all his might. What? To know the Lord more. His spirit was consumed to know the Lord. He, he'd had an encounter with the Lord. He loved the Lord. And nothing was going to stop him knowing the Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. Um, uh, to dig those those uh, markers into our lives as we talked the other day, the way markers. Oh, I will press on to know the Lord. Your moment in time. Oh, that I will know him and be able to show him. And people will see the difference. Oh, I'm consumed by him. Let's read these verses. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 6-11. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be good. Be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labour and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Saviour of all men, especially to those, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Again, he uses another word. He says, discipline, train as an athlete. Now, if you know anything about athletes, um, they, they vigorously train. I always remember watching the programme about Daley Thompson, one of the best ever probably, that on Christmas Day, he was down the track training. And of course, his, his, uh, he'd have a group round him, of course, they'd train together. And, and of course, some of them were there on Christmas Day with <laughs> the bottles of this and the bottles of that. Daley said, no, no, no. He's, he's, a, he's an athlete, isn't he? He's, not gonna, he's, he's going for the goal. So vigorous training, discipline, focused. He said, now be like that. Now he says, physical exercise is useful for a few things. Not useless, he didn't say that. Useful for a few things, but he said, godliness, spiritualness, spirituality, knowing the Lord has effect on the whole being. See, once we get our spiritual life right and functioning and growing and maturing, yes, we begin to look after our, the rest of our lives. Of course we will, because we know we're stewards. We know this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We know God wants to bear fruit in us, all those fruit of the Spirit. And thankfully, we can look at those every week or monthly and say, Lord, have I increased on these? Oh, um, if, you, if, if you've got a husband or wife, you can ask them. And I'm sure they'll be very honest with you, won't they? And so there's a, let me just throw another one in. Um, relationally, we must grow in this as well. See, our greatest weapon is our change. 
So, okay, we make the Bible very clear, Matthew 5 to 7, sort it out, make it up, go the extra mile, pray for that person, bless that person. Oh, dear, I don't want to bless them, pray for them, especially if they've hurt you, especially if they've hurt you. Pray for them, bless them. Bitterness will always lead to, to a blight, to uh, brokenness, and will affect, broaden out to those other people. So, be filled with grace and love and go the extra mile relationally. Well, for us who are, Christ, who are married, give more time to it. Pray together. Get hold of some, I've given you one book the other day, now, Love and Respect, fantastic book on marriage and really applying God's word. But our whole relationship, get be, be affected by God's word and give your time to it. Let it grow. Why? Because the Bible says of Jesus, isn't he? Um, it's, it's, he, again, he's our, our, we are disciples, we are learners of him, we are adherents to him, we are imitators of him. What was his customs? Synagogue, went to the synagogue, that was his custom. His other custom was early in the morning, away time before he, it got light, out, did, out. He went to a solitary place to pray, Matthew 135. Um, he loved, his, loved the word, the Bible, Mark 10, the Bible says, he, he got up, the, the crowds came and he taught them, as was his custom, and, and Acts 10 says, Jesus, uh, anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. The people loved to hear him. Why? Because they saw something. What did they see? Grace of God. Something that they needed. Him, himself, of course. So, uh, all those areas, our physical life, well, be intentional, because we can come here next week and we can still be the same. No. Now, this week, now, think, right, if you can't do once, now, when I talk about fasting, let me just put a caveat on that. Um, I don't know if anyone's, if someone's diabetic, you'd be very careful, of course, because you've got to keep your sugar levels, and if you medication, you've got to be careful there. But generally, most of us, one a week, one a, say, oh, I'm going to start one a, one a month. I'm going to put it in the calendar and make sure you do it. Um, be intentional. Look after the body. Get some exercise. Go for a walk. If you've got, go for a walk with your wife, and you can you can help your relations as well. Although I can't keep up with Jackie, so so I don't. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, we're on the other side. Get on the back. Have a piggyback. Have a piggyback, isn't it? Uh, oh, bless the Lord. But change our thinking. And thankfully, we have God's word that can change our thinking. Those negative and all those other things that yeah, they, we 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 all all. Um, affected by certain things or some of those things that have been, we've grown up with we've been told and spoken over us some of those we carry those for a long time we really do especially those formative years as kids that needs to change and how do we do it? take all of God's word so if, if you're insecure and victim mentality you say no I'm more than a conqueror through Christ that loves me I'm loved by him I'm a child of God if you're entitled if you're entitled what does the Bible say? I'm here to serve I don't come to be served, but to serve. Lots of different verses. Actually, we have God's word as our guarantee. We don't have to go to CBT. Or we do CBT, but with God's word. <laughs> Take God's word and apply it. And of course, ultimately, our spiritual life. Oh, Lord, help us to daily walk with him. To daily listen of him. Learn of him. Sit at his feet. Sit in his word. Bless the Lord. And as that is spiritual godliness as effect for the whole man bless the lord god wants us to be uh, mature grow up and sometimes you know we've been walking a long time and there's areas in our lives god said come on dave 
Time to shake that. Time to get rid of that. Time to deal with that. Sort that out. Bless the Lord. He's a good God, isn't he? Um, he's gracious. But he is. Um, he is firm as well. Because he just wants the best, isn't he? He wants us, what do you say? Transform, renew your mind so you will know what the perfect will of God is. I don't want to settle for the permissive will of God in my life. We want the perfect will of God. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.